Hello and welcome to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which I record today and pay my respects to their elders past and present. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So I have Ollie back on the show today to talk about books. So Ollie is my very good friend. She lives very close to me and we are part of a book club with some other women in town, but we kind of have like our own private book club between the two of us because we read so much and we read so fast and our larger book club doesn't move quickly enough for us. Um, And I have had some feedback from people that they would love more fiction recommendations uh, at least once a season. So I had Ollie on last season to talk about fiction recommendations and yeah, so now she's back this season to talk about top fiction recommendations. Welcome Ollie. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. No worries. How's things? How's things going? This is very funny because we just saw each other this morning because we took our kids to a concert. We took them to the to the play school concert. Uh, it was has, which was delightful. It was so delightful. It was so nice. <laughs> like it really was very funny. But it went for like forty five minutes, which we thought was just a very reasonable amount of time until you're stuck in a room with how many people do you think were there? Oh, easily a hundred, right? Yeah, yeah. And then like just the, the there was this like buzzing energy and after half an hour, all the kids were really great, but at the exact half hour mark, they all just started losing their shit at exactly the same time. They just like... And it was hard because ours, our kids at three and a half were the eldest. Yeah. And I think that's it. So when you're, you've got all these children under three and a half that were like, okay, I'm done. Oh, and they were and totally they just didn't have done. Attention. <laughs> yeah, they were totally done. Like Ollie's son was just like crawling around on the floor, and Harriet was was telling me that she goes, "I don't like this dance class." Like, it's, it's not a, it's not not a sure. dance. Not a dance class, sweetheart, but sure. No. Um, so that was very fun. So we saw each other this morning and we are actually recording remotely today to try to get our audio sorted. So fingers crossed, we've nailed it this time. Mm. I reckon we're on it. Hopefully, yes. Sounds good. So I start every episode with a recommendation. My recommendation this week is very strange, but bear with me. It is grapes, which is just such a strange recommendation. And I have no idea if they're in season or not, but they're just really, really yummy at the moment. The kid absolutely loves them. I'm finding them super refreshing because, you know, I've been sick for the last month with a sore throat. So they're kind of like really soothing on a on a sore throat if you keep them in the fridge. So yeah, grapes is my recommendation this week. What's it's yours? Such a random recommendation, but I'm so like yours is, but I'm so with it. Yeah, it's great. Well, I just kind of it's feel like grape. people huh? forget it's grape. Huh? <laughs> I, I do feel like people forget that certain basic food items exist. So I think it's just good to remind, like, like why don't you just get some grapes, mate? Just go and do it. If you've forgotten yeah. about grapes, just off you go. That's good. Good for you. <laughs> Mine, my recommendation comes off the back of me going to the dentist. Um, did you know, and look, probably everybody did already know this and it was just me, but did you know that you're not supposed to rinse your mouth after cleaning your teeth? What? But you're how not do you... supposed to rinse your mouth. So you've got to spit out all the foamy stuff from the toothpaste and then kind of leave the rest as much as you can no um, because then it allows your teeth to soak up all the goodness i'm not <laughs> going to do that well i 
I am because <laughs> the dentist told you to. <laughs> because the dentist told me to, and I need to have a lot of work done, which is very depressing. Um, but yeah, so you just just don't rinse your mouth out with water afterwards. How are you unlearning that lifelong habit though? I I don't reckon I'd be able to stop myself from doing that last little scoop of a swish and then spin it. Like I just don't believe I can do that. Yeah. Well, it's been a challenge, but, uh, so far so good. You can change as you get older. We can do it. (laughs) I just, I'm just, I'm just putting a, a flat out veto on that. Like, I just don't believe that I can do that. I do have a weird story though, because we switched to like this hippy dippy natural toothpaste that we absolutely love. It's like bicarb soda and it was all good. And then I totally forgot that we're on tank water and our water That's has. I was about to ask you. Exactly. So our water has no fluoride in it because it's literal rainwater. Well, our town doesn't either. Oh, you're joking. So, like, I didn't you go know for- that. No, I was devastated when I found that out. So like, How did you we're find not that on, out? We're not on tank water. So I think it was the dentist. No, I don't know. Anyway, we're not. We're not. Wow. So we don't have fluoride in ours either. Wow. Okay. So this is just like a, a side note for anyone who is worried about fluoride. You may or may not have it in your water. And if you don't have it in your water, like we don't, check that your toothpaste actually has fluoride in it. Uh, yeah, because we, mm. we were using a, a bicarb soda toothpaste that we absolutely love that has no fluoride. So we had to change to one that does have fluoride. And you'll find that all like yeah, well, the – sorry, you go. Oh, I was just going to say that's what the dentist was saying to me. She's like, what kind of toothpaste do you use? I was like, just your standard kind of Colgate stuff off the shelf. And she was like, great. Don't use any of that nice, lovely – stuff that you have just been talking about <laughs> yes all of the kind of health food 12 dollars a tube toothpaste kind of things because yeah. fluoride's good mm-hmm. i forget what it does but it's good is it like strength is it enamel <laughs> there's, there's a de- there's a dentist listening to this right now dying inside someone please tell me what yeah. fluoride does i know it's good and i know it's mm-hmm. important and i know we add it to our water but yeah if you don't have it get some fluoride. and then the dentist is gonna come and be like carly you can't rinse I know. She's right. Listen to your friend. But also like every time I go to the dentist, I have randomly very good teeth and I do absolutely nothing to achieve it. Um, But every time I go to the dentist, she's like, you have to floss. And I'm like, I'm just not going to do that because I do. You have to floss. But I can't remember. I I can never remember. Really? Like only since you've been at the dentist or for years leading. I floss once a day. Oh, for like, for For like a month you've been doing it. Come on. But no, because that's the thing. I reckon, okay, so in two book club episodes time, I'm going to ask you if you're still flossing and I bet you $1,000 you're not. All right, make a note. <laughs> I can, will. Can we actually bet $1,000? Because <laughs> that will incentivize bank, you. A card hacked. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you're telling about $1, me. $1,000. So frustrating. Yeah. Does so any if we could bet a thousand dollars, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So Ollie, Ollie had her uh, bank account uh, like hacked and lost and lost. Card hacked. Yeah, yeah, and lost about a thousand dollars. And the bank is like, it's going to take forty-five days to start investigating this. And yeah, you have no idea if they're actually just going to like give it back to you or not. Yeah, I threw an, like an epic tantrum. <laughs> It was my husband that dealt with it. And I was like, but we're going to get it back. And he was like, well, they're going to investigate. And I was like, no, 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 we're going to get it back. We have to. I would assume you would. Surely. 
Like that's just, that's, that's how most of those stories end. Like they're, they're long and arduous, but in the end you mainly end up getting it back theoretically okay, well, Do, you in. can't I, thing, make a note check in <laughs> i know i'm not making any promises though but you know i'm happy to deal with your next tantrum over it if okay yeah. thank you so thank we you. have a formula for our book club we each pick two books that we liked from last month uh we're expecting them to overlap but they haven't so far so that's great because then you get oh, like well oh oh maybe we haven't overlapped this time because i haven't shared no, no, sorry. I'm just interrupting you. We haven't overlapped, but, but you sent me your notes before I... So we would have had an overlap, today. but I stole one of yours. We would have had an overlap. Okay, yeah, well, you'll have mine, to... So I had to change it last minute. Well, you'll have to tell us which one it is when I when I read it out. Okay. Oh. Uh, so we're going to do a mini book <laughs> review. I will go first. So my first book that I loved for this season was The Maid by Nina Prose. And it is like a mystery thriller fiction. And this is a little brief synopsis of it. So Molly Gray is not a neurotypical person. She struggles with social skills and often misreads people. She used to live with her gran and her gran used to like interpret the world for her and give little tips and codes for her to live by. But then her gran dies and Molly continues to work in this really fancy New York hotel as a maid. And she really, really loves the work and is really, really good at it. But her very orderly life life is just completely upended on the day that she enters the suite of the infamous and wealthy Charles Black, only to find it in a state of disarray. And Mr. Black himself is dead in the bed. And before she knows what's happening, Molly's Uh, unusual demeanor has the police targeting her as their lead suspect. And she quickly finds herself caught up as a suspect in a crime she didn't commit. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the overlap book? That's the overlap book. Sorry. Yeah. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought it was the overlap book. I just thought it was fantastic. It was such a good book. So I reckon the people who should read this book is basically everyone because it is thoroughly enjoyable. The main character is lovely. And Ollie and I were talking about this just last week that we really dig reading books that are from the perspective of non-neurotypical people. So this one's fantastic. Um, the Good Sister by Sally Hepworth is another one that's written from the perspective oh, I love that one. of, yeah, it was beautiful. And it was written by someone who's neurodivergent, which was just a gorgeous read. And also The Rosie Project and the continuing books from that it's just it's just a really Mm. excellent way of kind of getting into the head of people who do think a little bit differently um yeah I I really really adore the book but I felt like the ending fell a teeny bit flat for me and it felt like a bit of a cop-out so I'm not I won't tell you what happens in the end but I just felt like the conclusion and you know kind of the twist in the mystery was a bit like oh yeah it was that person (laughs) you're like oh I agree yeah I agree I think maybe I tried to look at it because I liked it so much I tried to look at it from the perspective that they were just taking us on the journey yeah and that was the main thing not the mystery itself but rather Molly and how she's this you know innocent character of sorts because of the way that she thinks but actually maybe she's not yes yeah so that's the way you need to look at this book if you are a lot of people weren't disappointed by the ending they thought it was perfectly acceptable my opinion is I give it 4.5 yeah (laughs) 
Sorry, I'm getting my <laughs> I'm getting all my all my ranking system all messed up. Four and a half stars out of five, and I took off half a star literally just for the ending because it's pretty much flawless outside of that. I found it really easy to read. I was looking forward to coming back to it. Um, and mm. everyone I've recommended it to has loved it, yourself included. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's brilliant. What's your first book recommendation? So it's a crime th- thriller um, set in the South Australian outback town of Cutter's End. It's along the kind of the Stuart Highway. So if that can give you a bit of context for where, where it would be. Um, so this mysterious death happens on New Year's Eve in 1989, which leads to a shocking murder investigation 32 years later. Um, so the detective that's brought back into the to the case has some personal connections there. It spans three decades, so you can imagine that you know it, it's pretty difficult to to come across the evidence. Um, but actually, what I really liked about it was that it um, it the detective himself had some he was driven by a different kind of moral compass if that makes sense yeah um so it wasn't just um oh this murder happened 32 years ago he's brought back you know the personal connections as well as his way of thinking gives it a bit of a twist um and i do love a little twist did you know um, I actually... So yes, I really recommend it. Well, I actually Sorry. started oh. reading this one and I got halfway through and then I got sick and then my borrow box returned it on me and I didn't have time to finish it. I was oh. really sad. So I got up to... I got like really far into it and like I, I, you know, knew all the characters and everything and I don't know how it ended. So you'll have to tell me. I will. I will. I won't yeah. tell you here. No, no, not right now. But um, yeah, But no, I feel great. like I haven't done the, the best job there of... of recommending it it's just when it's a murder mystery it's so hard to give anything away a murder that happens over you know a 32 year investigation of sorts set in the outback so i've said that who do i recommend would read it um, would be anybody who loved Jane Harper. It just had about like a to real Jane Harper. Yes. <laughs> it had like the real the dry kind of uh Oh my gosh, words today are failing me, Carly. <laughs> Wrong day to pick. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, yes, those kind of the dry, it was very dry-esque. I felt that as well reading the first half of it because I really, really enjoy reading Jane Harper because she's an amazing writer. And also I love reading stories that are set in Australia because so many of them aren't. So I, I really picked that up from uh, Cutter's End as well. And also I really like old murders being solved as well because it like mm. that they kind of bring in like grown-up characters that were like children in the original murder story and that's, and- that, that's exactly what it was it's there's these two girls that are that are um involved and that's where his personal connection comes from and they're, and they're, and they're kind of young teenagers yeah oh sorry late late teens early 20s and so they then come back 32 years later and they're bringing with them all the baggage from the 32 years to the investigation and you can see that they're not these young girls that were interviewed at the time but rather they're you know 40 50 year old women who are like don't mess with me why are we bringing this up yeah exactly exactly yeah so I I also recommend that from the half that I read and I look forward to hearing how it ended when we get off air (laughs) so my second recommendation is a book called The Wife and the Widow by Christian White 
and it is a thriller mystery fiction. So this is actually a book that Ollie and I read for our local book club. Um, you didn't cut, you weren't able to make it to the book club for this one, were you? No. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't, but we both read it very quickly, didn't we? Because we realised we hadn't read it. Because I'm not really on Facebook and Ollie was in England for like a month and then she got back and was like, oh, I haven't read the book. And I was like, what is the book? Because I never know what the book is without Ollie telling me. (laughs) So she, she was just like, go get it from the library. So I went and got it. We literally just like read it in a couple of days each. Um, It was really good. We sort of co-read it over a couple of days, which was really very fun. It speaks for itself. Yeah, it really does. Like value of the book. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I work full time and have a toddler and I've been sick and I managed to read it in three days. So that's Mm. saying something about the quality of a book that you just want to kind of jump back into. So, so uh, the wife and the widow is set in an eerie island town. It's the middle of winter um, and it's a real page turner and it's told from two different perspectives. So Kate is a widow who is searching for the truth about her husband's death. That's not a spoiler. That comes up basically immediately. Uh, and Abby is an island local who is trying to uncover her husband's secrets. And the island has a whole bunch of secrets that need to be uncovered. And it's only when these women come together that they can kind of figure out the whole story about the men in their lives and this is another one of those books that I can't really talk too much about because you just give it all you're just gonna give too much away yeah give it all away um I think everyone should read it I know I say that about every book but they're kind of like you do but that's <laughs> they're the they're ones so that are, but also because they're the ones that I recommend because it's like this is one that everyone is going to like um particularly if you're Australian I really love books set I was gonna say it's another Australian it is um, novel or rather it's set in Australia. It yeah. is. Yeah. So it's, and it's really good. It's like, um, it's just really nice cause you can kind of like it, like it's, it's set on a fictional Island, but it's kind of just like a whole bunch of Australian islands all rolled into one. Like you can see similarities between, you know, like Dangar Island. And then there's also kind of a bit of a Tasmanian vibe about it as well. Mm. So it's all just kind of, but you can do like a day trip in between the mainland and wherever this Island is. Uh, I read The Nowhere Child first, which is another Christian White, and it was so ace and I really loved it. I was like, I'd say about 10 pages in before I was like, this is really familiar. This guy's writing. Have I read anything? And I literally Googled him and The Nowhere Child popped up. And that's such a great book if you haven't read that. I, it was another one that I just dived into. I'm halfway through that one. Oh, are you enjoying it? Yeah, I am enjoying it. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. I was, yeah, it, it's a really similar vein. Like, side note, another one, another one to recommend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that your next? Is that the one you're recommending? Oh, because you haven't finished no, 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 it yet. No, right. no, I just mean like we've got five books instead of four. I know, time. so many. And, dry and all of the other. <laughs> all of the other ones we've read. Uh, but yeah, like the, and the thing that I love the most about the two books that I've read of Christian White is his twists are so great and you just don't see them coming. There's a major twist in The Wife and the Widow. No one in our book club saw it coming. Oh, did you see it coming? Seriously. I saw it coming. That was my only gripe. I remember saying to you that I found it a little bit predictable. Oh, my God. No one else in the book club picked it. We we picked it at different times. That's my secret talent. Yeah. Sorry, look at us. That's my, my secret talent. Um, Chris always says, my husband always says that, um, you know, we watch, he said, I can't watch a movie or a TV series with you where there's a big twist. He says, because I can just see like, you know, rolling your eyes or doing something that just lets me know that 
she knows what's happened. No, that's that's not my talent at all. So when I went to go see, um, what's that Bruce Willis one? That Bruce Willis one where he's the ghost. And that's the big twist that he's the ghost. (laughs) No idea. The I See Dead People movie. Oh, my God, what's it called? I'm I'm Googling it live because we need to. I have no, I'm, but then again, I'm terrible with movies. The Sixth this Sense. Oh, The Sixth Sense. Yeah, so that's, oh, a, so that's yeah. a major spoiler, but like it's a 20-year-old movie, so cry me a river. Um, but I remember, <laughs> I remember going to see it and there's this whole sequence where they just drop hint after hint after hint after hint that he is a ghost. There's like a flashy sequence of about 12 different scenes that show the kid re- – no, that show the mum realising that Bruce Willis is a ghost. The kid knew from the beginning, but – Mm. So there's this sequence. I remember watching that at the movies and it wasn't until the very last he's a ghost moment. I went, oh, and I'm not even kidding. Half the cinema clapped. They were like, woo, because I finally figured it out. She got like, it. I was like, oh, my God, I am so embarrassed. Yeah, so, it, like, I really need to be really need to be food, spoon-fed those uh, those little moments there. But, um, yeah, so I, I would love for you to read this. No one – there was about six or seven of us at the last book club and none of us saw it coming. So – that really yeah, okay. is a very, very amazing talent. Um, everyone should read it. Yeah. Good twist. I give it 4.5 stars, which I regret now because I liked it better than The Maid. So maybe I should give it five. Is it okay to give a book five stars? There wasn't really anything wrong with it. It was just fun. Yeah. I'm giving my next one five. Ooh, okay. Well, I will be peer pressured into giving this one five. What's Ooh, your book? Well, I would give Cutter's End a four. Oh, okay. Then. Yeah, no, that's so good. I'm giving. Well, what would you so give I, The I Maid? I would probably give the maid a four as well. Okay. All right. Tough crowd. Oh, maybe four and a half. Oh, I don't know. Dropping this rating system on me. Suddenly <laughs> what's, what's your next book? My next book is The Drover's Wife by <gasps> Leah Purcell. Is that how I say your name? Leah Purcell? I'm sorry if that's not. I'm sure it's correct. Um, anyway. I just completely adored this book. Um, it's a reimagining of Henry Lawson's short story by the same title. Have you read that one, Carly? I have not, and I didn't know it was a based on a Henry Lawson. Yeah, that's yeah, very so it's cool. Just a short story of uh, his one is a short story of, of a woman and her children living in a remote um, land, and um, there being a snake in there in their house and the drama that unfolds with waiting for that to and and that 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 is discussed in or that's like a story that's told within Mm. um Leah Purcell's book so I think that she you know she does a big nod towards towards him there Mm. um anyway so it's another book set in the harsh and beautiful Australian landscape you can see that I have a bit of a theme going at the moment with my books yeah we're Um, all very Australian this this season yeah we are Go us. Um, so this one is set in the high country, the snowy mountains. Um, it's set in the light, late 1800s um, and it tells of the harsh and almost inconceivable conditions endured during white settlement. I found that really shocking. Um, and actually, we went to see the movie of it, didn't we, Carly, last we did. week? Um, and yeah, even just seeing it 
in you know seeing how hard that life would have been for them and knowing where they've all come from as well um anyway um so the plot focuses on molly johnson she is a woman who lives a hard and dangerous life in the bush with her four children while her husband joe is away for months at a time droving livestock up north um her life is complicated or things are complicated when an aboriginal man named yadaka seeks shelter at molly's home as he is on the run from authorities yadaka brings with him stories and knowledge that has a profound effect on molly um and i would i'm doing a you now i would recommend everybody read it and for so so many different reason reasons um it has a range of emotive themes and explores the best and worst of humans. So there's themes of cruelty and violence, degradation, love, um, and also a willingness to survive, I found. Um, it provides a stark sense of Australian history, both Indigenous and non-Indigenous. I literally could keep talking about it forever. <laughs> well, I, I can't um, really comment on the actual book because I haven't read it. I'm sure you recommended it to me, but maybe... Did you read it on Box? I did, yeah. Oh, okay. Because we have the – so the thing with BorrowBox uh, listeners, if you have someone recommend something to you on BorrowBox and it's not on there, that's because your local library doesn't have it. So BorrowBox is like tied to whichever library you are connected to. So we live in a small town, so our BorrowBox isn't as vast as other people's BorrowBoxes may be. Just a, yeah. a tip there for anyone who's a bit confused about BorrowBox and why you can't find things on there. Um, but yeah, so we went and saw the movie on the weekend and I hadn't heard anything about it and it was actually really, really good. Like the, I would, I would definitely yeah. recommend going to see the movie and I really feel like. I'd recommend reading the book first. Yeah. Obviously. Although, yeah. I, I don't know. It would be interesting, our different perspectives on how good the film was because of the book. Obviously the book was better and there were things yeah. that weren't included. It was But still... what I did find interesting was that she was the the author sorry Leah Purcell um was also wrote the screenplay and she acted as the the main character as Molly Johnson so it was quite true to her vision yeah and she was which she was, was incredible was her performance was amazing uh, a really really striking looking woman she just absolutely nailed mm. it um and yeah the her words were beautiful and yeah I I really really thoroughly enjoyed it and I I really don't want to be a traitor to the Australian film industry but we've put out some shockers and it's really, really nice to see a really amazing one that is like connected to our country, to um, indigenous Australians and done so well. I actually found it kind of like very mild Quentin Tarantino-y if anyone else picked. Yeah. You said that at the time. Yeah. yeah I, could, I could see it once you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, I think it was just paced really brilliantly and there was really good, uh, yeah. It, just, just the way that Tarantino knows how to, um, have quiet moments that, uh, really kind of cradle the really big moments. I thought that the direction mm. really, really nailed that and timing is everything, but yeah, it was really good. And it was lovely seeing, you know, the late 1800s in Australia and how life was like for them. And cause Shocking. well, I've never really thought about it. Like it's never really, no, I'm big into period dramas. So <laughs> I watch a lot of period dramas all set in Europe and just the difference between the lifestyle and what they would have had. It, like I'm, I'm almost lost for words at, at how yeah, it's mind shockingly blowing. different it is. 
Yeah. Have you started watching The Gilded Age yet? No, I haven't. Okay, no. I've been trying to get Ollie to watch this. It's on – what did I tell you it was on? Oh, it's on Paramount. Um, so we got Paramount to watch – specifically to watch The Gilded Age. It's by the creators of Downton and it's in like the late 1800s in New York and kind of like just before the big industrial boom uh, happens in New York. And it's incredible. But, yeah, when you're looking at literally the exact same time period – it's just it's chalk and cheese like yeah. just that the lifestyle is so different I, mean, we, I, I suppose we are also looking at different classes oh yeah i suppose but but no but you're right it is but it even is. the very wealthy people in australia were the ones that were kind of in charge of settling these towns and they were still living in the towns with the people who were of a lower class as well so even even if you were wealthy in Australia back then it didn't really get you very far if you weren't living in say Melbourne or Sydney no no because there's mm-hmm. nothing fancy to buy in Everton in 1880 no no exactly which really confused us where it was set yeah it's New South Wales Snowy Mountains Everton but we know that there's an Everton in uh Victoria as so I, I wasn't we still weren't quite able to figure that out, but there, but there is an Everton no. in New South Wales still, isn't there? Oh, I couldn't find it, but that doesn't necessarily yeah, mean. Yeah, we weren't sure if maybe I the borders. Find it when I did a Google. Yeah, we could. We weren't sure if like maybe the borders moved because it something. was near the border. Because they said it was in North Victoria, which is where Everton is. Oh no, they said it was. It was said it was on the New South Wales border, but it was in New South. But the Snowy Mountains are further north yeah that's where it so i don't know whether or not it changed or anything if anyone has any good uh history references yes. to that because it is actually hard trying to find information about towns that have changed because if you google yeah. it it just yeah. shows you the new town and you're like did it change and like google gets confused and yeah anyway mm. uh so that just about wraps it up i like to finish the so the show with a little segment called kicked my ass and kicked ass where we both share something we struggled with and also something that we rocked at so <laughs> Holly is a witness to this. My kicked my ass this week. It's like it's it's cleared itself up a little bit now, but a couple of weeks ago, my feet and ankles and toes are just like periodically <laughs> deciding that they're broken for like three minutes during a walk. Horribly painful. I'll be hobbling like I need to go to hospital, and then it just comes good again. And it's totally bizarre. And I'm, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm just curious if that happens to anyone else. Apparently it doesn't happen to Ollie and she thinks it's very strange. It is very strange. We were just going for a walk and all of a sudden you're walking <laughs> like, you know, you've broken your leg. And I'm like, oh my God, do we need to go to hospital? You're like, nah, nah, all good. It'll be fine. It'll sort itself out. <laughs> and it always does. Yeah. But it was like, but it happens in kind of chunks. So it'll happen like every walk I go on for two weeks and then it won't happen for a couple of months and then it will happen again. It's really weird. Just, you're a funny one. Yeah, I'd like to know. I'd like to know if that happens to to anybody else. So, Ollie, what's your uh, kick to my ass this week? Well, my kick to my ass. I I've had a really hard uh, few weeks actually. You really have. So I found it really hard to find what my kicked ass was. So I initially, when I had first started writing notes for this, I thought it was my trip to the dentist, where I learned about the whole teeth cleaning trick. And all the work that I need to get done. So that was initially going to be kicked my ass. That was bad. But I actually think Robin, my younger son, having a febrile convulsion was probably my my kicked ass. Yeah, that and would that would be the Carly, one. Yeah, yeah. And Carly was there to save save my day. She came over immediately and looked after my son, my elder son Arthur, while I took Robin to hospital. 
Um, but it was the most terrifying thing I have ever experienced, and I'm still not over it. They're so they're, they're so awful. It was so horrible. I've got mm. friends that have a kid that gets them quite regularly, and they're just like, no matter how much you get used to them, it's it's never any easier to deal with. And I'm really yeah. sorry you had to go through that. That was horrible. He's fine now, by the way. He's totally fine. He's totally fine. Yeah, and he was totally fine the next day. You know, yeah. it was just that he had a temperature, and apparently some children are more predisposed to it than others and that's just their way of dealing with it and I was like can that not be your way of dealing with it please because it was very stressful and very upsetting and I'm not um a stranger to seeing children have seizures being a special needs teacher it's unfortunately quite I wouldn't say common yeah it's fairly common multiple children in my class Yeah. yeah and so what I think freaked me out the most was that um I took I started timing it and it was it was a long one it was going for more than five minutes and that's when I started to freak out um because you know special at schools on their plans are if it goes for more than a couple of minutes you call an ambulance because Mm. it's getting bad so I was already on the phone to the ambulance the minute it happened I called but the fact that it was going on for so long was really stressful and that's also for kids that's also for kids who have them regularly like this was out of the blue yeah, exactly. for Robin. Like it wasn't. It wasn't like, oh, this kid has four seizures a day. Oh, this one went over four minutes. That's bad. It was like the yes. the first one that Robin's had. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was a febrile convulsion, mm. but when it was going on for so long, I started getting panicky that that we were going to lose him or it was going to be something worse. Um, but what I found really interesting and I feel like should be common knowledge for febrile convulsions they aren't concerned about the length of it unless it goes over 15 minutes oh wow so when I when I got quite upset with you know when the paramedics arrived and said he's been going for five minutes they were like that's okay because he'd stopped by that point far out so I'm stoked it didn't go for 15 minutes for you that would have been torture well, you would have arrived and you would yeah. have still been going. Oh, far out. Was... Oh, can we just actually give a shout out to paramedics who are just legendary humans? They were incredible. They were just they gorgeous. Were incredible. We're so lucky. They were like, yeah, they're just that they were just so calm and so chill and just really like like <laughs> neither of us were particularly like firing on all cylinders because like I got this panicked phone call from Ollie because no, she called me first, but my phone was inside and I just saw her um, call come through on my watch. And next minute she's calling Ben and Ben's going, oh, Ollie's calling me. I'm like, oh, well, she just tried to call me. So like answer it. And then like... I'm I'm sure a lot of I'm sure a lot of listeners are like this as well. Uh, Ollie and I have discussed recently that we just leave the building when we're in uh, times of crises. So Ollie said, "I need you to come over to my house," and Ben was like, "Yeah, cool, no worries." Why would that be? <laughs> so it was very funny. And then like, ambulance, Arthur, yeah, look after. <laughs> I need to go. And he was like, okay. Yeah. So I just jumped into the car. And by the time I got there, like between the two of us, we couldn't, we somehow couldn't pack a bag for Ollie to take to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And they were so calm and so nice. Just like talking us off the ledge. Like, it's okay. I'm just going to come over here. You hold Robin. I'll go take, you know, Ollie. She can like pack her bag and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, they're just so calm and so lovely. And like, I've had thankfully, thankfully very little contact with paramedics, but like the, the two times I've ever been in contact with paramedics they're just joyful people so let's give a shout out to the paramedics on the show today absolutely absolutely heroes 
So uh, you you totally one kicked my ass because I was like, my toe sometimes pretend like it's broken. And you're like, (laughs) I had to call an ambulance for my one year old. So you totally won. Uh, my, my kicked ass this week is that I've had an easy yo yogurt maker for a billion years and I love it. Um, but I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet about the plastic container that's in it. I just would like prefer to use a glass one because you know, all that like microplastics in your blood thing is coming out now. And I'm like, I don't know how much I care about that, but apparently I do. So I was like, (laughs) definitely my easy yo plastic container is the culprit because all the other containers we have a glass anyway this is the stuff that keeps me awake at night the point is I changed from an easyo to this different maker system called a kilner and you like heat the milk and then you put some yogurt in it and then you put it in like this little wetsuit type thing it's like a little thermal bag and I put it it's like a little wetsuit I like I'll show it to you next time you're over but it's like it's, it's like a yeah. like a little wetsuit and I bought one of them and nailed it and then I bought two and now I can make a liter of yogurt in this tiny little system oh. and I just pop it in the electronics cupboard because that keeps it warm enough overnight because our house is so cold and because it's like you yeah. know it, it snows where I live I have to find like a proper stable environment so it's like tucked in next to the PlayStation <laughs> like tucked behind <laughs> keeping it all nice and warm and I've totally nailed it and I can make thick delicious yogurt at home in a glass container and I have been trying to do this for 10 Ooh. years and now I have cracked the code I'm excited yeah. I'm, I'm gonna try it next time we're over please yeah you should do you want an easy yo by the way because I have one that I'm not using anymore <laughs> Do you want some microplastics in your blood? Because I can provide yeah, that sure. for you. We're not as good as you are. With the, we're still very much transitioning. So you would have had lots of microplastics when you've eaten it. Yeah, no, well, look, I'm not, I'm not like super, super nutty about it. But then sometimes I just hyper focus on one particular thing and blame all my problems on that. So that's what, mm. sorry, easy yo. I loved you for many, many years. It's over. Uh, so that's gone <laughs> what uh kicked your ass this week well I had a really hard time thinking of something that I've kicked ass at to the point where I asked my husband you're flossing and he sat there you floss you're flossing you. regularly floss. I'm sure you have I another floss regularly well, yeah I did come up with one but you know my husband who's cool calm collected and always looks on the positive side of life really struggled he was like you've just had a really bad week like thank you <laughs> you, for you did have a very bad week um but we i was going to say we took our children to see play school we did on stage. and that was that was a win organizing that taking them along um having one-on-one time with my eldest we went shopping did a bit of shopping afterwards and it was just delightful it was it was really lovely and for the most part they really enjoyed it they had a really good time until they just lost it at exactly the same point and (laughs) needed needed to leave because they didn't like this dance class anymore (laughs) funny little donkeys oh she does make me laugh she does make me laugh um so yeah I suppose that that was my kicked ass just you know, taking them out and about and doing some lovely things. Yeah, because like that, that can actually be a really big deal. Like when, and I mean, like mm. you, you've got a, mm. you've got a one-year-old, and that changes the dynamic completely. And even just getting out of the house without your youngest one is just. Oh my gosh, it was so easy. Mm. I just took like my usual kind of bag backpack instead of you know three bags. Just needed a little change of outfit for Arthur just in case, but that was it. 
Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and I will have you back next season. And that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to Very Excellent Habits, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at Very Excellent Habits and you can also email me contact at carlyjacobs.com. That was very strange intonation. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash very excellent habits. And one more thing, if you haven't left a review or a rating, please do. It's the best way to help people find the podcast. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life.